Hello and welcome to Grace Life Sir Lowry's Pass. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Why do we celebrate Christmas? Why do we celebrate Christmas? Huh? It's the birth of Jesus Christ. It's the birth of Jesus Christ, yeah, but what does that mean? Why is there any need to focus on the birth of Jesus? <laughs> because if Jesus was not born, he would not be able to do what he did on the cross. No? In order to die, you must first live. No? You must first be alive. But Jesus was not just born to die on the cross. Did you know that? Jesus was not just born to die on the cross. He was also born to show us who God is. Amen. He was also born to show us how God is. Amen. Jesus is the final word on the nature of God. No? Jesus reveals the nature of God through His words and His actions throughout His life and ministry. And then finally, through His death and resurrection as well. He shows us who God is. Dying on the cross, resurrecting from the dead, giving us eternal life. That shows you God's heart for you. Hmm? What does that tell us this morning about God? That He is good, eh? Amen. <laughs> that He is love. That He wants to see you well. That He wants the best for you. Amen? Because Jesus accomplished all of that, he made sure that you can receive the gift today. You can receive a gift. Even if no one gives you a Christmas present today, God has a present for you. Amen. Did you know that? Yes. If you look under your seat, you will find something special. Oh, no one's looking under their seats. You will not fool, eh? Oh, that's good. I'm just joking. <laughs> Who knows what that gift is that God has given each of us? Eternal life. Amen. The God gave us is the gift of the Holy Spirit. The presence of God on the inside of you. Relationship with Him and eternal life. I can just say thank you Jesus today. Do you value that gift? Do you really know what you've got? That's the greatest gift you could ever receive. Huh? I'll move on before I start crying. So 700 years, 700 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah spoke and recorded these words so that people would read it and believe and have hope. Isaiah 7 verse 14. We can go to Isaiah 7 verse 14. Could I ask someone to get me some water, please? Anyone? Thank you, Cynthia. Isaiah 7 verse 14. Think about this, guys. 700 years before Jesus was born. 700 years before Jesus was born, a man who has a relationship with God 
spoke these words. Okay? A, a man just like you and me yeah. who didn't see the future. Right? Do you can you see the future? No. No. But God obviously does know the end and the beginning, right? So he spoke to Isaiah and he inspired this thought in the mind of Isaiah in Isaiah 7 verse 14 and it says, uh, All right then, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. All right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God is with us. Imagine Isaiah walking around and preaching that. <laughs> huh? A man, a normal man walking around preaching that a girl that had never had sex will become pregnant and the baby will be born. Who will be born is God himself. Hmm? God come to live with us. Thank you so much. Like who comes up with that? <laughs> huh? It's a crazy thought. A virgin will conceive and give birth to a child, and that child will be God himself. It's amazing. Hmm? They must have thought that Isaiah lost his mind. Only God could have inspired him to say that. Because this is a prophecy of Jesus' birth. Eh? But then 700 years, Isaiah was long dead. And many others have come and gone. 700 years later, it actually happened. Matthew records in his gospel in Matthew 1 verse 18. Let's go there. Matthew 1 verse 18. I think many times because we have a whole Bible. Yes, Matthew 1 verse 18. Because we have a whole Bible, it's easy to think it's, it's just a fairy tale, you know. But these are historical facts. These are historical facts. It is true. These things actually happened. Matthew 1 verse 18 says, This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. He wanted to divorce her, no? Yeah. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to call him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Hallelujah. He will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. And then Matthew quotes the same uh, um, verse that we just read from Isaiah. Because Matthew knew Isaiah said this. No? It said, Look, 
the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel which means God is with us when Joseph woke up he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born and Joseph named him Jesus amen and that is the story of Jesus' birth. If you've never heard it before, I'm sure you have. It doesn't say it here, but I'm sure that Joseph knew the scripture in Isaiah. And therefore he was obedient. No? The angel confirmed the scriptures. The name Jesus means the Lord saves. And the angel says he will save his people from their sins. The name Emmanuel means God with us. And that is exactly who Jesus was. He was God Himself who came to save the world. Many people say they don't want anything to do with a God that sacrifices His own Son, who kills His own child. Jesus was not the Son of God in that sense. Okay? He was God who became a human being. And that human being was called Jesus. The Apostle John explains this mystery of Jesus' true identity in the beginning of his gospel. John 1 verse 1. You can go there. John 1 verse 1. Jesus was nothing separate from God. Many other religions have stories about gods coming down and having relationships with human beings and having children. This is not the same. Okay? John 1 verse 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. The Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. That's amazing, huh? The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Yes. Satan will never win. Amen. That's good news. Huh? Amen. God sent a man, John the Baptist. No, John the Baptist is not the same John that wrote this letter. Okay, We have the, the disciple John, and he wrote uh, the Gospel of John, uh, and also two other letters at the end of the Bible. But John the Baptist was um, Jesus' cousin, as far as I understand. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light, so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world He created, but the world did not recognize Him. He came to His own people, and even they rejected Him. But to all who believed Him and accepted Him, 
That's very important. He gave the right to become children of God. Verse 13. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Amen. Verse 14. So the Word became human. That is what Christmas is about. No? The Word became human. The Word who was God became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. That's Jesus. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about Him when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one I was talking about when I said, Someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. John is saying, He existed long before me. Why? Because He is God. Eh? From His abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one, uh, sorry, but the unique one who himself is God is near to the Father's heart and he has revealed God to us. Amen. Jesus has revealed God to us. Amen. If you want to know what God is like, look to Jesus. No? Yeah. Look at Jesus. That's a beautiful scripture from John 1. Huh? Amen. Again and again, John makes it clear that Jesus is God. That is the foundation of any good Christmas message, I would say. The same John who wrote the Gospel, this Gospel that we, wrote, that we just read from, also wrote two letters close to the end of your Bible in 1 John 4 verse 2 and 2 John 1 verse 7, we're going to look at. And he stresses the importance of acknowledging this truth that Jesus was a human being, that God became a human being. 1 John 4 verse 2 says, This is how we know, oh, he's talk, yeah, he's talking about prophets, whether to know whether it's a false prophet or, a, or if it's uh, truly a prophet from God. He says here, This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body. That person has the Spirit of God. Okay? But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the Spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. No? So Paul stresses this fact that anyone that denies that God came in the flesh in the form of Jesus, anyone that denies that is an antichrist and does not have the Spirit of God. 2 John 1 verse 7, John repeats this and he says, I say this because many deceivers 
have gone out into the world. They deny that Jesus Christ came in a real body. Okay, so there's many churches out there, many other religions, many um, groups that deny, even today, that deny that Jesus Christ came in a real body. Amen. Such a person is a deceiver and an antichrist. Okay, so it is very important to acknowledge this truth. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin and he was and is God himself. I think that truth was historically the focus of Christmas. Okay, and we can see how the world has denied that fact by changing the focus of Christmas to all kinds of other things. Eh? Christmas trees, Santa Claus, Father Christmas, all of these things. I'm not saying that if you have a Christmas tree you're going to hell or anything like that. It's fine. I'm just showing you that the, the world has the spirit, the spirit of the Antichrist that deny uh, the, that God came in the flesh. Okay, but for, for the Apostle John this was very important that it is acknowledged that Jesus Christ was God. Hebrews 2 verse 14 to 18. You can go there in your Bible. Hebrews 4, ah sorry, Hebrews 2 verse 14 to 18. The writer of Hebrews explains why Jesus had to become a human being. We don't have to wonder about it. Yeah, the Bible explains itself, right? Hebrews 2 verse 14 to 18, he says, Because God's children are human beings, made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could He die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil, who had the power of death? Verse 15. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. We also know that the son of, uh, sorry, that the son did not come to help the angels. The amplified says fallen angels. There, God, Jesus didn't come to save the fallen angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham. Who is the descendants of Abraham? We are the descendants of Abraham. Eh? Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could, give, uh, so that he could be our merciful, faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Amen? So that is why God had to become a human being. Because we are human beings. Makes sense, no? Eh? We needed a human representative. The lives of animals could not deal with our sin. The offering of their lives as sacrifices um, were just pictures and arrows pointing to Jesus. A normal man's life could not pay for the sin of others. Do you understand why? Why? 
because that man would just be dying for his own sin. Okay, a normal human being would not be able to die for the sin of the world. Only the blood of a perfect, sinless man uh, was sufficient to save a guilty race. Only the death of an innocent, spotless member of mankind was qualified to willingly uh, lay down his life as a full and final payment for a fallen race. But there was none. No? There was not one man good enough to stand in the gap for others and pay the price of sin. So what? What happened? God came and He became a man. No? But it was also impossible for God Himself to, re uh, to redeem humanity because God is a spirit. Okay? And He is an eternal and infinite being. It is impossible for God as a spirit to die. Okay? God couldn't just come and save the human race in another way. He had to become a human being. Okay? Because the spirit can't die. You understand that? He is life itself. He cannot be defeated. Like we read in John 1, He is life and the life of men and the darkness can never overcome it, no? never extinguish it. It is impossible to kill God. <laughs> he had to become a man. Only as a human being could He die. Man is a created soul. Man is of flesh and bone and formed from the dust of the earth. A creature that can die, that is capable of dying, and God had to become like that in order to be able to die for our sins. But He was not like us. He was sinless. He was perfect. He did not have any sin of His own. So if He were to die, He could take our sin. Amen? You understand? So when... Uh, and so we read in Romans 5 verse 6. Let's go to Romans 5 verse 6. Romans 5 verse 6. Oh, sorry, let me say Romans 5 verse 6. Yeah. Romans 5 verse 6. Because only God could do this. No? He came. Verse 5, Romans 5, verse 6 says, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, for a good person. Eh? An upright person is a good person, according to the world's eyes. Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Eh? While you were a helpless sinner, He died for you. That's His love for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Do we grasp that? Do we realize what Christ has done for us? It's mercy upon mercy and grace upon grace. And since we have been made right in God's sight 
by the blood of Christ, you have been made right in God's sight. Do you believe that? Amen. Jesus has made you right in God's sight. He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Verse 10. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son. Did you hear that? You are a friend of God. God calls you His friend. Thank you, Jesus. Since our friendship with God has been restored, was restored by the death of His Son, while we were still His enemies, he, uh, we will certainly be saved uh, through the life of His Son. Verse 11. So now, so now, we can rejoice. We can be happy this morning. We can have a party. We can go crazy. <laughs> we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That's wonderful. That is truly amazing. If you feel like you're missing something, then you need to meditate on these truths. If you're wondering why are these people are so excited about this, you need to meditate on this truth. That's amazing. God proves His unfailing love. As I've said many times last month, unfailing means it cannot fail. What does it mean to fail? To stop. Or uh, Afrikaans misluck. Say, liefde kan nie misluck nie. His love cannot stop or fail. Unfailing love and faithfulness. Getrouheid. God is getrouw on ons. Towards the human race. And He does what only He can do. He does the impossible. That is why Jesus says to His disciples in a conversation about salvation. In Luke 18 verse 27. What is impossible for people is possible for God. Huh? <laughs> so, what is impossible for us, it was impossible for us to save ourselves. No other creature, no other being could do what Jesus did. And in our minds, for a virgin to conceive and give birth to a son, that would be God. It's, it's impossible for man. Ne? But it is not impossible for God. Because God is the God of the impossible things. Amen? What do we need to do to be saved? John says in John 1 verse 12. We looked at it earlier. John says in John 1 verse 12. But to all who believed in Him ne? and accepted Him. He gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and He made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. That is the gospel in a nutshell, no? Yes. All that is needed is that we believe in Jesus. 
You have heard this many times here in Baseline. It's not about what we do. It's not about going to church. It's not about doing this, doing that. It's not even about trying to live a holy life. It's about believing in Jesus. And if you believe in Jesus and you have a relationship with Him, He changes you. And you will live holier on accident through relationship with Jesus than you ever did on purpose. Ever did by trying to live holy. Amen. God wants us to take our focus off from our performance, off of our sin. Because it, it makes us ineffective. No? Mm. It starts with hearing the gospel and then agreeing that it is true. That is all that's needed. Believe. You believe the gospel. You hear the gospel like you are hearing it now. And you believe it. You agree with it. I agree that that is the truth. No? And when you agree that it is true, you can then put your trust in the finished work of Jesus. His finished work, what am I talking about? What He did on the cross for you. He took away every last bit of your sin. Past sins, present sins, future sin. It's all been taken care of. It's all been taken care of. God is not holding anything against anybody. Sin is not a factor or not even an issue in God's mind anymore. He defeated sin on the cross. Amen? In His mind, that is past. He has forgotten about it. God became a human being, Emmanuel, which means God with us. Why did He become God with us? So, that He can do what is needed to be God in us. God in us. He could send the Holy Spirit, and through the Holy Spirit, God becomes God in us. Once you are born again, a new relationship begins. A relationship that will not end like the relationships that we have here in this life. Yeah. Our relationship with God will go on forever. No? It is not just a ticket to heaven. It is not just so that we can say, I Dit is een eeuwige verhouding met die een wat jou so lief gaat dat hij sy leven vir jou opgegeen. It's a relationship with your creator, the lover of your soul, the one who was willing to hang on a cross and experience death for you. It's nie een saak, nie is een verhouding. This relationship, however, is something that we need to purposefully go after. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. To learn that God is full of unfailing love and faithfulness. John says in John 1 verse 14 and 17, that's what he says, he is full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Jesus came to show us what God, that God is full 
of unfailing love and faithfulness towards us. God is good. That is what Jesus came to show us. 1 John 5 verse 20. 1 John 5 verse 20 says, We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding. That is what Jesus came to give us as well. Eh? He came to give us understanding. Understanding of what? So that we may know Him who is true. There's another verse in John 17 verse 3 that says that this is eternal life. To know, to know God and the one whom He has sent. Jesus. No? It's about knowing God. And he says, he continues here, uh, that we may know Him who is true, and we are in Him. We are in Him who is true by being in His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. That is who Jesus is. He is the true God and eternal life. Amen? Amen. Jesus came to give us understanding, to know God. And Jesus came so that we could become one with God. Amen. That's another thought that can be dug into and expounded and explained. And it's so amazing. Jesus is the one true God and He is eternal life. If you do not have Jesus, you have nothing. Yeah. Eh? If you do not have Jesus, you do not have eternal life. If you are not in Christ, then you are in death. Because Jesus is life. Ne? It says here, Jesus Christ, uh, it says here, by being in His Son, Jesus Christ, He is the true God and eternal life. If you are not in Jesus, you do not have eternal life. When you choose Jesus, you choose life. Only when we are one with Him do we have life. Apart from Him, we have absolutely nothing. If you do not have life, you have death. No? John 3 verse 13. My last scripture. John 3 verse 13. Beautiful scripture. We like to quote John 3 verse 16, but John 3 verse 13 is just as good, just as beautiful, just as important. John 3 verse 13 says, No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. Talking about Jesus coming down to earth, no? Come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in Him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in Him. I had a grandmother that feared the judgment of God. She was a Christian, but she didn't know God like this. She was focused on her sin, 
a lot and it destroyed her mind. She feared punishment and judgment. Um, so we, what I want to say with that is we don't have to fear condemnation from God. We do not have to fear His punishment. No? There is no judgment against anyone who believes in Him. But anyone who does not believe in Him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. So what is it all about? It's believing or not believing. Eh? Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father, for coming down to earth, for humbling yourself. As Philippians 2 says, Philippians 2, I'm going to read it. Where are you, Philippians? Oh, there we go. Philippians 2. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen, Jesus. Your name be praised, Lord. Thank you for becoming a human being doing the impossible, doing what only you could do, Lord. So easily you could have decided, no, I'll just, I'll just wipe them off the face of the earth and get it over with and start new or something like that. But you didn't do that, Lord. You decided to do the impossible through your love for us. You came and you did the impossible. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Solaris Pass area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.ca.